Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Cafecito con Estrellita. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hola mi gente, welcome back to Cafecito con Estrellita. I hope you're doing well this week. I've missed you. I always, always miss you. And I'm so excited to be talking with all of you this week. And whoo, so little, you know, I remember last week I was mentioning that I felt like there were just dogs barking nonstop. I don't know if you were able to fully hear it on the audio because sometimes you know how like the internet could just be like a little odd when something looks a certain way on your end. When it's out, it could be a little different. Anyways, so I decided to record a lot later. So it's pretty late on my end, but I think it's worth it. I'm not hearing any dog barks, which was so funny because last week's episode, I was recording at around six or seven, but I guess that's the time where dogs just want to say, ruff, 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 hello, hello from all different angles. Because remember, I'm back in the city. I've been back in the city. So, but at least it's not trains. I don't know what it is. It's just like the sounds of the train would just throw me off more than the dog barks super funny. But anyways, I hope, I really hope you're all doing well. And I'm just so excited to talk about so many things with you on this episode, but I definitely want to start off on a little lighter note, especially because I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if it's because it's August. It might also be because I'm just July. I was, there's definitely like the last two weeks-ish was a bit crazy for me because remember I had family over from Pennsylvania and De Denver. But as soon as I got back into my little entrepreneurial routine with, you know, writing the book, still working on my website, all those things. And just, I don't know, it's like I woke up one day during the first week of August And I was like, I'm feeling energized and I feel like I can take over the world. And I'm pretty sure it probably seems like that for the most part. <laughs> But I don't know, this, the first week in August specifically, well, actually, we're in the second week of August. But yeah, I just, I had this like, boof, this energy that I don't know how to explain it. So I'm trying to hold on to it as much as I can. And something that's been helping me too is just, I had a change in music. So as many of you know, I'm a huge fan of Spanish music, music Becky G, Carol G, Bad Bunny. I was going back and forth with Romero Santos and Prince Royce. With Bachata, I can hear Bachata for a while, but I just can't hear it as often as when I'm listening to like Carol G's music or even Anita, you know what I'm saying? Oh, and then Rosalia. I think I was really sharing that with y'all that like a while back, I've just been listening. I had been listening to Rosalia like crazy, but I don't know. I just took a little shift and I decided to, I've just been hearing a lot of Bruno Mars lately. I don't know if any of you are Bruno Mars fans or you have been. I know he hasn't Well, I kind of also live under a rock, so maybe, I don't know, but I know he hasn't really been, like, putting a bunch of new stuff out there. I know he's had, like, a new album recently come out. But anyways, I started to listen to him again, and I was just like, oh my gosh. And, okay, don't judge me. Well, it's nothing to be judged about, but I had spent these last couple of days When I wake up in the morning and I do like a short little 15-minute workout, nothing crazy, just here in the living room. 
And then I have his Super Bowl performance playing on my parents' TV. And that performance is just like gets me hyped up, you know? And I think the reason why I feel like that too is because fun fact, the Bruno Mars Super Bowl performance is what got me to even start watching the Super Bowl halftime shows because I never like gave, I never cared about the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what I mean? And honestly, I still don't. It was just like specifically Rihanna and JLo and Shakira did so great. So my mind blowing, loved it. But yeah, it was that performance Bruno Mars did. I don't even remember what year, but I remember I saw it the first time at like a Buffalo Wild Wings. And now it's just because typically I know he has songs like Grenade, It Will Rain, but he also has a lot of like upbeat, happy music, like Just The Way You Are, Marry You. Also, um, I, I had it. Oh, Runaway Baby, that one I had like on repeat. And once I started hearing him, it's just a boost of energy. I also don't know if it's because I've just been hearing, I haven't heard him in forever. And it was funny because the other day I was on a date. I told you, I'm starting off the podcast very lightly before we get into the good academic stuff, you know? But I was on a date not so long ago with this Pisces. And if you do the whole Zodiac compatibility stuff, I'm very compatible with Pisces. And I'm just going to leave it at that because it's been going well. Let's just say, I think we're past the five dates, but they've been very, very, they've been going very well. And let's just say my desk is never left without flowers, which makes me so happy. Anyways, um, I, I mentioned this to the Pisces on one of our most recent dates because I had brought up that I got back into like a little Bruno Mars mood where I'll hear him when I'm like working out or when I wake up in the morning or when I drop off my sisters to work. And he, I don't know. And then this just came out of me naturally where I was just like, well, yeah, Pisces is just like these last four years, I didn't hear him because I was just living that independent grind like lifestyle and someone who is just like, you know, I'm a lover girl. I love to love type of thing, but also making sure I have boundaries and things like that and really making sure I don't settled, said toll, you know? And so I told him, yeah, like Estrellita, these last four years, there was no point in me really hearing Bruno Mars like that because his stuff is just either like just so romantic. I don't know. It's just... A lot of the things that I'm, which I wouldn't change at all for the world because I'm so proud of everything I had accomplished these last four years because it's the reason why I'm here today with or without the PhD acceptance. But it's just like, obviously I had to consume and just like listen to different things. Like what I would scroll on social media was different those last four years than what I'm scrolling now. And nothing too crazy. It's just more of back then these four years to make it through like like school working my multiple jobs and then still creating content but like not getting caught up in the false narrative that if we don't have a romantic partner with us then like what are we really you know what I mean because I know for the like I was like, I don't want to say specifically raised, but it was it definitely wasn't a secret. It's just like growing up, what I mainly saw was that mujeres were defined 
whether or not they had a man, whether or not they had a boyfriend or whatever. And if you didn't quote unquote have one, then, eh, you know, you weren't really put on the best light. And honestly, too, like every now and then, and it's happened to me recently, I've been getting a little more of just like, you know, the dating pool is getting a little smaller for you, Estrella. But it's so funny because these last four years, I wasn't thinking that. Like a lot of you know that I would go out on dates and stuff like that, but I wasn't thinking that. I was just like doing my thing, consuming things that would empower me to keep going on the paths I was going. And that wouldn't make me feel insecure because of beliefs younger me once had because of what was going on around me culturally, if that makes sense. And it's so funny because I also know, number one, I'm hearing that a lot more because I'm around people now. (laughs) And don't worry, it's not, I'll, I'll give you a little spoiler. It's not my sisters and I'm actually like, it's not even my dad telling me this. It's just, you know, obviously when you come back and there's more people around you, it's like, whoa, in comparison to where these last four years, it was just my tia and I, and my tia, she's chosen to be just, you know, herself. Like she never got married. Yeah, she just didn't want to type of thing. And she's doing like pretty well. So because like I was used to that. So, you know, but anyways, this whole spiel that I'm sharing with all of you is because I am now back to hearing Bruno Mars because I am feeling that Well, I've always done my best to fill my own cup, especially this last year. So I guess what I'm saying is just like, I'm in a space, I'm in a time, and I'm in an era, era. I'm in an era where it's just, I feel like I'm receiving genuine compassion a lot more. So yeah, that's why I'm hearing Bruno Mars a little bit more, and it's hyping me up. And gosh, I'm just so proud. Like, I don't know if I've ever told you all this, but I think you can assume. I'm just, I'm, I have many talents. I'm very smart, just like I know you all, but have very talents. And you're also all very, very smart, you know. Pero look, what I wanted to tell you is that one of the things I struggle with is like, I don't know how to say it, like crafty stuff, like website design or even coming up with a merch pattern, something like that. That's why if you notice, most of my things are very, my merch isn't out yet, but the reason why it's not out yet is because my website is almost done, which I'm going to touch on very quickly. And that's why my coaching, my college post-grad coaching sessions aren't out yet because those two things can't be out without the website because, you know, that's what brings it all together. Anyways, mi gente, Sorry, I started crackling, crackling, cracking my knuckles. I literally spent these last two days sitting down like five hours at a time just working on my website and Canva. And I'm just really proud of myself. I know I still have a bit of a long way to go, but I'm on a roll. I don't know how else to explain it. And I'm just very excited. I'm very, very excited. So... That's all I'm going to say it for now because, as I mentioned, I struggle so much with that crafty stuff. That's why if you've been with me since 2020, my website had always stayed the same up until earlier this year when I took it down. I think my website's been down for three, no, maybe two, three months, algo así, so that I could update it and things like that. 
So if you still put cafecitoconestrellita.com, it'll still take you to, you know, a site, but it's just gray and it says you need a passcode to get in. But that's because I'm still working on it. And I had been struggling for weeks and weeks on end to even just open my laptop and stare at Canva because it's just, ugh, I've always been that person with like, I mean, that's why even with my podcast intro and outro that I've had since 2020, I had that professionally done. I've had a couple of other things professionally done. Even my Cafecito Cup logo, I had that done by a Latina artist. And that's one of the reasons why like simplicity just calls me a lot because one, I like it. Two, I just feel like I have so many things that run through my mind and it's not always about Cafecito con Estrita, just like a lot of things that would helps calm my mind, to calm my thoughts so I could be more present in the moment is my things in my outside world. It's very, very minimal. Like minimal where it's just like things aren't, there's just not so much going on, if that makes sense. So it's like my desk. My desk is very simple. I just have my... Well, the, ¿cómo se dice? ¿Cómo se dice? The monitor, my laptop, the few cords that I need for my podcast mic and HDMI, and my little plaque. So that's all I have. And then I keep my books underneath, the ones that I need, and that's it. In comparison to any other little work corner, because I, I mainly always had makeshift desks, things like that, right? Back then, I used to always just have a bunch of random stuff, like, all over and the reason why I'm saying it like that was because, like, I didn't even have super cute knickknacks. You know, knickknacks, those those little cositas, like, ah, I don't, I'm trying to think of an example. I can't think of an example, but if you Google knickknacks and you see them, you'll know what I mean. And as I've gotten older, especially with, like, when I was in school and then obviously, like, entrepreneurial and things like that, and just... I don't know, just always having like kind of things on my mind. What helps me is just my little tiny space. I mean, I don't have a room yet. As many of you know, the entrepreneurial struggle is real, but it's okay. I have my little work corner station. So this is my little space where I'm going to keep it as minimal, as minimal as I can. So there we go. And I hope that, you know, could shed some light on some things, you know, but all right. Okay. We're going to go ahead and start to transition to the next topic. Actually, let's take two steps forward before we do. I got to update y'all on the book writing process because I know it's just, it keeps me accountable and it keeps y'all excited. And I don't know, we got to make it memorable, like this whole experience, but I'm, it's crazy. It's going well is all I have to say, but a lot of the times I find myself in this whole little research hole, kind of like the best way I could describe it is like a literature review, except I'm not being given the literature, the articles to read it. All. No, like I'm searching on my own and basing it off of my own expertise I've built over these last 10 plus years, not only as an academic, but as an expert in this industry of my, you know, academia and things like that. So it's crazy, but it's definitely helped me be even more informative than I thought, because I thought 
I knew so much. Like I, I thought I knew a lot about higher education. But the more I keep reading, because, you know, all of this is going to go back to supporting the book and being able to put it all together. I'm just like, whoa, I know I knew stuff, but there's always something new to learn. And that's for every industry. That's for every, you know, wherever you might be. So it's okay. And honestly, it's also good to just it's also good to be open to learning new things every day. It it truly helps you out because one thing I've learned, and I don't know if I'm wording it correctly, but anyway, something that's helped me a lot over the years is that every new space that I enter, and by space, I mean when I started community college, when I started undergrad, when I started entrepreneurship and going to these webinars, conferences, whatever, right? I always go in with the perspective, with the thought of I'm going to learn something new. And because I'm going to learn something new, I have to come in with an open mind, but also know my value, my worth. So it's definitely a mixture of going into new spaces to learn humbly, but also knowing, again, your worth. So I've been to so many different research conferences from the psychology field, from the Spanish field, Spanish lit, and Chicano Chicana studies, so much that a lot of you were able to experience with me. Not so much the psychology part, that was more when I was in community college, but you know what I'm saying. But even though I had been to so many of those conferences, I still always go in with like, I'm going to learn something new. And It helps. It takes off a lot of pressures. It really does because uh, I have had, you know, instances in the past where I walk into these new spaces or new, you know, where I I can start overthinking stuff and then it overstresses me. And then I'm just like not having a good time and then I'm not learning. And who wants to be in a space where they're not having a good time, they're not learning and they're not networking? New, you know, so just throwing that a little out there too. And I'm pretty sure there's another word other than humble to use, but that's how I describe it. But I'm open to learning. See, see what I did there? Okay, now academia talk. Oh my gosh, mi gente. First and foremost, oh my goodness, I cannot thank you all enough. I I feel like I say it so much, but who cares? Just accept the gratitude, accept the love because... First of all, so many of you have been supporting me since day one. And that I can never, that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me here, making episodes, doing the work that I do, types of things, right? And then a week and a half ago, I got an email from Quoted. I don't remember if I've brought this up to y'all in the past. I think I did. But quoted, basically, you know, if you're in this type of industry, or it can probably help with almost any industry. It's just if you're a type of person where for your career, it'll help if you're an interviewee, you know, getting interviewed for magazines. So quoted, definitely check that out. It's Q-W-O-T-E-D. And it's just, you never know what you're going to get, but don't completely ignore your email inbox is what I'm saying. And I'll keep this part super brief, but basically an opportunity arised and I pitched myself for it. I'm going to go ahead and read it to you exactly because, my gosh, when I reached for this, even though 
I mean, it's not like I have a whole podcast and TEDx talk about this stuff, but even though my little imposter syndrome was kind of getting into me, especially when I saw this opportunity to even pitch myself for this article pop up, I was like, nope, get past the imposter syndrome. And then it definitely did help a lot too that my book mentor slash business coach, she, we actually were talking two weeks ago about how to write my pitch. And I'm really pushing myself with that because I've held myself back a lot in certain areas of social media because I didn't think it was academic related enough, especially because like I was just so adamant about getting into a PhD program. So I wanted to stay more on the researchy side and cosas así. But now, you know, since I'm full on entrepreneur, I haven't 100% closed the PhD door because anything could happen. It really can. But, um, ah, sorry. Ah, okay. Let's go back to the main part of this conversation. So yeah, but working with Ashley has, it has helped me a lot because I just, this is important. This, this, my, the work that I do is important. The community we have here is important because even if our listeners, our community isn't learning from me, they're learning from all of you, whether it's through the comments on IG, whether it's through y'all answering my little questions on my IG story, just cosas así. It's all goes full, full circle. Even y'all just sharing and reposting my scholarship resource videos or my quotes, you know, the stuff that I dissect, it, it's helping somebody one way or another. So that's why Yes, I may run Cafecito con Estrellita, I'm the face behind it, but I'm not the only one doing the work. You all are too, through your sharing, your reposting, just showing up. Again, whether it's you're showing up to listen to podcast episodes or you're showing up to engage with the TikTok, Instagrams, da da da. So anyways, the Refinery29, Refinery29 is owned by Vice Media, Okay. And ah, the ad basically said, or like, you know, the request was seeking a Latine education advocate to speak on Hispanic serving institutions. And whoa, when I read it, I like I felt, I just, I felt like it was for me. And I, if, like I said, I had just worked on my pitch as Estrella creator of Cafecito con Estrellita, with Ashley, who has 10 years of experience in this field. I mean, she does this for a living. So, and we crafted my pitch together to fit my needs, what I need, as not just as a, a community leader, but a community leader who is an expert in her industry, higher ed, specifically for first-gen Latinx students. I sent it over, and immediately I got a response back. And I just couldn't, I don't want to say I couldn't believe it, but I was just like, you know, because I've written a few pitches before in the past, but nothing crazy. And when I would, they just wouldn't get accepted. And it was so, I was just so starstruck when I saw that the mujer that was working on this piece, she had just gotten her PhD in women's studies earlier this year. And I was just, I don't know why it just got me so emotional 
to be able to be interviewed by a mujer, a Latina who earned her PhD literally the same year. And it's just, ah. And I wasn't the only one featured in the article. We had other academics, a few with PhDs as well, from Denver, the, um, the Community College of Denver. I believe they they had a leadership role as well. I just can't remember the top of my head. And then someone else from Florida International University. And then I came in and it was just, oh my gosh, it was definitely... I have never been more proud because let me just tell you this. I've been on social media for now three years, right? Over three years. And I would see a lot of different people get featured in articles or have articles written about them on Forbes, on Refinery29, the different outlets. I wanted to name a long list, but to be honest, I don't even know the names of all the social, like all the magazine outlets. And I never really thought much about it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Whenever I saw one of mis amigas get, you know, interviewed, featured on a big name magazine. Of course, I was there in the comment sections, just hyping them up, liking it. That's just my thing. Many of you know this. Anyways, mi gente. But I was just like, huh, I wonder when it will be my time. I wasn't crazy searching for it, but I was just, I would really appreciate it. It would be nice because I believe in my work and so do many. And three years later, when I could finally dedicate, finally dedicate all this time that I have been with Cabecito con Estrellita, my book, because I'm telling you, the research I've been doing for my book, it's just, it's making me more and more of an expert every day. I don't know how to explain it. I'm probably going to have to talk to Ashley about when, when do I know that I have enough research? When do I know? Because it's just, it's a huge loophole. Anyways, and then... It's just literally, I move back home, and in a short time, like within a month that I moved back home, because I moved back home like, I think second week of June, third week of June, this opportunity pops up. Something, because I don't know, it's not like popular media covers topics like this, you know? They usually do other things that would call people's attention. But obviously, us pursuing higher ed, mi gente Latina, us wanting our education, wanting to make a difference for ourselves, our future generations, our families, it's meaning something. It shows something where a lot of popular media outlets, they're seeing us. They want to get to know us. They want to know who. And yeah, I sat down with her. And what got me even more emotional was the fact that in my article, which is, hold on, let me go ahead and read you the actual title. But she highlighted me being on academic probation and then, you know, eventually getting off. Like I said, a bunch of other smart things. I'll put the article in the show notes. But that meant so much to me because one of the things I was sharing in the interview was that I know for the most part, people just want to share their wins, which don't get me wrong. I love sharing my wins too, but just as important it is to share the wins, to keep people going, it's also very important to have the conversations of certain setbacks. I do say certain setbacks because trust me, I've also had moments where it's just like, I want to talk about the setbacks, but the setback, but I just can't do it right now. 
but I will eventually. The most recent example was me not getting to a PhD program. I, I waited a bit, like a, you know, a minute before I told all of you. Same when I landed on academic probation, I didn't tell anybody till the beginning of my third quarter that I was on academic probe, that I had gotten off. And that's what I told them after I got off, because I think I've talked about this in the past, but it's 100% valid to just not really speak about the setbacks, the hard times you're going through in the moment, because you're still trying to understand it yourself. But what I want to imply is that when a later time comes and you're doing well, you're doing, you feel good and you were able to get onto the other side of that setback where you're seeing the success you wanted to see, cosas así, that is when I think it is important to share the setbacks. I think the only exception that I made for myself to share my setback, which is not getting into the PhD, was because I had all of you. I, I didn't want, I knew the type of job and position I had given myself. And that was the first time I've heard my life that I ever said out loud too soon, like very, very soon, a hard setback, a, a thing that felt like failure to me. But I mean, it comes with the job. I asked to be on social media. Nobody forced me here, you know. But I guess where I'm trying to go with all of this is just talk about the successes, highlight them, but don't be afraid to talk about the setbacks too when you are ready. It doesn't have to be the day of, it doesn't even have to be a week or two after, not even a month, but whenever you're ready, I do invite you to because it'll make a difference in somebody's life. And I want to go ahead and quote a little bit about my article piece with Refinery29. So title, do Hispanic institutions actually support Latine students? It depends. Hispanic serving institutions need to make culturally sensitive and flexible environments for all Latina students, work at hiring more faculty and staff that mirror the students they represent, and create more programs to help educate parents and guardians about college. Ah, my gosh. And now, okay, I do want to read this next part. And I'm like, Estrella Serrato, a Latina college and postgraduate coach who hosts the podcast Cafecito con Estrellita, where she guides first-gen scholars through higher education paths, cites many issues Latina students are burdened with a higher probability of being from a low-income family, the intimidation that comes with not having parents who went to college and who can't really help you navigate academia, and the isolation Latine people feel at predominantly non-Latine white institutions, to name a few. Serrato, who studied at two HSIs, UC Santa Barbara and Cal State Stanislaus, says these institutions shed light on these issues but need to continue to do better. Now, mi gente, I really encourage you to read that article, not just because, you know, I had a thing or two to say. Obviously, in a growing perspective, of course. Pero también there, were, there was great, great 
feedback, resources, great interviews, honestly, with the other Latina higher education advocates who, you know, and I'll make sure to link it in my show notes before, but wow, I don't know if I shared this before, but sometimes I don't, I don't even know, just taking day by day, whatever pops up and if it works, oh my gosh, you know, I'm just like, just thank you so much for being here, mi gente. And also thank you for those that were able to um, respond on my IG stories when I was asking for some help crafting some of my responses for this article. And when you read the article, I know you'll know what I mean. Oh, and then last part, because I learned this about after this article with the Hispanic Serving Institutions, HSIs. So technically speaking, a university can register whatnot with the state of education to be a Hispanic serving institution if at least 25% of their undergraduate students are Hispanic full-time students. And if those 25% of full-time Hispanic students are enrolled in that university through the, you know, and the Department of Education approves it, then that makes that, that institution more, how could I say this? That puts the institution in a position to receive more grants and more funding from the state, Cosas Así, towards making grants, scholarships, towards the Hispanic students, and being able to continue funding the college programs that educate the, the parents of the Hispanic students, Cosas Así. And I just thought, I don't know, it's just one of those things. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm very glad that I know this now. Like I said, there's just, I thought I knew a lot, but there's always something to learn about. Ah, I'm telling you, I just have so much to share with you all today. And oh my gosh. Ah, so the day before my Refinery29 article came out, I'm telling you, it's just like the stars aligning for Estrellita. Ah, my younger sister, I had literally just finished helping her apply to community college because she graduated high school earlier in the spring. So this is going to be her first semester of community college. And I helped her register. Well, okay, here's the thing. I did have her apply to the community college itself. If she needed some help, I was there, but she had to come and ask me because I know sometimes because I want my sisters to do so well, I can be a little like helicoptery, you know, just like, let me just do it. No, no, but like, let me do it for you. Da, da, da. But I know if I genuinely want people to learn, I have to step back a little bit. So applying to the actual college and then doing the virtual orientation, because which I think is super cool that that's like an option. I, I don't think when I was going to community college, we had a virtual orientation yet. But I do remember that my other younger sister, when she was starting community college, she did the virtual orientation. Anyways, so I had my youngest sister, Desiree, do those two things. Solita, again, if she had some questions, I would help her, but nothing too crazy. But where I did sit down and really guided her through where I'm, 
I moved the mouse for her, but she, we were both looking at the screen together, was when we were picking her classes, which I was very happy we were able to get a couple transferable classes. And then there was just two that basically elective credit for when she gets her associates. But hey, we all start somewhere. And then we reviewed her FAFSA. Thankfully, they used to call it the BOG waiver, waiver when I was going to community college. But now they call it the promise algo. I just remember the word promise. It's promise scholar algo así. And after we finished the whole process and then she put her laptop away because we finished it up pretty late at night. But it's because I had spent the whole day working on my website and my book. And then when she left to her room to start getting ready for bed, it just hit me. And I was like, wow, she's the last one out of us four because Alma went and graduated college. I went and graduated college, which fun fact, Alma and I, we both graduated with our bachelor's the same year, 2018. She walked the spring and no, I walked the spring and she walked that winter, but same year. And then Karina, she's in her senior year of undergrad. And then Desiree starting community college. And I was like, whoa, because I started getting a bunch of flashbacks of grad photo shoots, of Alma's graduation party, of how excited Karina was when she got her associate's degree, because I don't remember if I ever shared this with all of you, but she finished up her last year of community college, applied to... Um, applied to transfer this all the same year that she was living with me up in the Modesto area because she lived with me for a year before she came back over here just for fun no really particular reason and then now Desiree and it just got me so emotional because I'm like wow especially because I sat and I helped her and the best part was that I actually knew how to help her because one, not only did I go through, you know, college and everything, the whole application process, the FAFSA, but I was also able to help her in a way where one, I wasn't enabling her. I wasn't doing it for her. I was more just guiding her, right? And then I actually knew how to help her without insulting her. Let me, I mean, let me explain a little bit. It's just growing up, I remember if I would make mistakes, right? And I think it's like a first gen thing. And if you have immigrant parents, you know, whenever I make mistakes or even for the smallest things, it's like, it's the end of the world. Estupida, no sabias, cosas así. Like very, very harsh, very, very, you know? And don't get me wrong, like, when I was hoping Karina apply to community college after high school, I didn't, I didn't, no, I didn't do that. Like, but I can definitely say, you know, me and Alma, we just received more of that. But that's also because, you know, everyone was just doing the best they could with what they knew at the time. And I didn't, I didn't have to quote unquote insult. Cause I don't know. I remember growing up, it's like, it was almost like, the yelling, the harsh language, it was almost expected. Like it was almost the necessity to do, right? 
But just the fact that I was able to sit with Desiree and like help, not only help her, but also be able to talk to her the way I talk to all of you. I just, you know, the way I talked to all of you during a very important milestone in her life, I just, ah, I got so emotional. So what did I do? Of course, me being me, I went onto social media at 10 o'clock at night, literally. And this is what I wrote. This first-gen Latina graduate just helped her younger sister apply to community college. I sat next to her as she picked her classes and we reviewed her financial aid package. I'm feeling emotional. It's moments like these that help me realize I have paved the way. And ah, it's so funny too because it's, I, I would like to say I've done some pretty cool things with graduating with my bachelor's, earning a credential, we're building my own business, even though it was an accident, but I did it, right? Having a podcast, the TEDx talk, doing, you know, fun things like being featured on Refinery. I've done cool, fun things. Don't get me wrong, right? Presenting at research conferences. But it was the moment that I was able to help Desiree in a calm, loving way, a calm, loving, informative way to help her apply to college, community college. That moment when I was just like, wow, I really paved the way. And that's just what got me emotional because it's like, it wasn't the TED Talk. It wasn't the podcast that made you feel like I'm paving the way. Like, it was, oh, I hope my sister apply and get into community college. That's when I'm just like, wow, I really opened that door. It was so crazy, so crazy. And we are the last, like the last, us, she is the last generation of this first generation of sisters to go to college until, you know, one of us have a kid and then, you know, then they're second gen college graduates. And it's so crazy, but I just, I wouldn't change this feeling for the world. Don't get me wrong. I still love and super proud of all the great things that I've done. And I've definitely have felt honored and accomplished, but I don't know how to explain it. And that's when I know just the little things mean the world to me so much. And I just love the fact that I get to share this with all of you. And what made me so happy too was that post got super high, high engagement on TikTok and Instagram and and even LinkedIn. It just got me very happy. And ah, just know, even if your sibling hasn't been able to vocalize it to you yet, just know they are so grateful for you and they love you. They would be nothing without you because that's how I feel. I know that's how these little ones and my older sister feel. And ah, just I I want you to hug your sibling. And if you're an only child, I want you to hug one of your parents or hug your pet. I just want you to hug somebody that you love and appreciate so much. And you don't even have to tell them why. Just, yes, do that. <laughs> All right, we end this. So, unfortunately, we are, it's time to slowly trickle away from tonight's episode. And I actually still feel like I have so much to say, but it's okay. Gotta save that content for the next episode. But anyways, mi gente, thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate you. And oh my gosh, this was just so much fun. And I definitely, 
definitely always, always, always want you to remember this. Mijita, mijito, you got this. Everything will work out the way it needs to for you. Thank you so much for listening to tonight's episode. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to Cafecito con Estrellita on any platform that you use to listen to your podcasts. Please don't forget to write a review, rate, please share, save this podcast, and cuídense y hablamos pronto. Adiós.